Good morning. It's a beautiful sun in the old Pueblo, and you're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored rock and roll radio station. This week, we're going to speak with Ty Logan. He is the host of Downtown Radio's Heavy Mental every Sunday at noon. We're going to discuss his personal journey of recovery and how it led to him becoming a teacher and also a radio personality. Today is October 31st. It's Halloween. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core, and we shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A Mountain to U Arizona and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here on Downtown Radio 99.1 FM, streaming on downtownradio.org. Also available if you get our Downtown Radio app for your iPhone or Android. And if you want to get a hold of us here on the show, our email address is contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org. You can interact with us on Facebook. You can find our podcast just about anywhere podcasts are found. In fact, we're so fancy, you could say smart speaker, play Life Along the Streetcar podcast, and uh, there's a good chance it might actually pop up there for you. Well, this uh, Halloween day marks a, uh, a variety of things in our community, uh, and it is uh, precedes one of our big events here for 30-some years, the uh, Dia de los Muertos. Uh, this is an inspired event uh, celebrated here in Tucson. Took a little bit of time off there, but is back this uh, upcoming weekend, uh, the 5th through the 7th. So we wanted to get those details out with you. Um, if you are familiar, this is a, an event put on by an organization called Many Mouths, One Stomach. And uh, their goal is to you know, deepen the connection to the community and to those of our loved ones who have passed on. You can head over to All Souls Processions, uh, I'm sorry, Procession, allsoulsprocession.org to get all the details, including a uh, uh, guidelines, a little procession uh, information, and the map. Uh, once again, it's downtown, starts around Speedway and Grande, makes its way along the Santa Cruz, will ultimately end up in the Mercado Shopping District over there on the west side of I-10. And if it's anything like past festivities, you're going to see all kinds of uh, vendors and music, food and such for this celebration. The procession is on Sunday, but there are events going on all week. And the festival itself is Friday the 5th through Monday the 7th. Well, our guest today is actually a host of a show a little bit later on on Sunday called Heavy Mental. Uh, his name as the host is Ty Logan. Uh, he and I have known each other for a few years because of our work on the show, but I've never had him on. Downtown Radio has this emphasis on mental health. October has several mental health awareness weeks and days connected with it. So we thought before we left this month, we should have Ty on the show. And uh, we got a very interesting story with him. In fact, it's a two-part episode. And this week is part one. So we're going to talk about his history, how he came to create Heavy Mental here on Downtown Radio. Welcome to the show, Mr. Uh, Ty Logan. I, I feel honored here. You're like a superstar at our station. You know, heavy metal has uh, been going on for a few years. 
Yeah, it's about four years, and uh, and I'm honored as well. Um, I, I hear your show before I go on mine, so. Well, we, uh, you know, when I when I joined Downtown Radio uh, a few years ago, I was told that there was an emphasis on mental health awareness, and yeah. there were a few different shows. And I know with COVID and other things, some of those shows because they have guests coming on uh, were interrupted. Right. But but you you've maintained. Um, but let's let's kind of dive into this. Tell us a little bit about about your show. It's heavy mental, and and yeah. What, what, tell us about the title, and, and you know what you, what you go into each week. Yeah. So I mean, uh, what's funny is. Uh, I, when I was approached about the show, it was from uh, the the medical director at the time at, at the Crisis Response Center where I worked, uh, Margie Belfort. And she came to me and she said, "Hey, uh, this radio station reached out to us and wanted to know if someone on, uh, you know be interviewed about mental health." And uh, she said, "I thought of you," and you know, and I was doing the newsletter for them and, and everything, and and I was wow, I was, I was honored she she thought of me, and so I said, "Sure," and she said, "Okay, here's the information and." You know, I met with, uh, I reached out and I met with Jason and, uh, we went, I met him at like, I think a restaurant or something. And, uh, and I thought I was just going to be interviewed for like one show. Mm-hmm. And, and so I go in there and, and uh, I'm talking to him and, and I, and it was kind of funny cause he was kind of looking at me strange cause you know, I'm covered in tattoos and, and I'm, and I wasn't sure if he, you know, thought, oh, maybe he was thinking of more professional. I thought I was like auditioning to be interviewed or something, you know, and, and then I, at the end, I kind of said, okay, so are, are, are you going to be the one who's going to interview me? And he said, oh, no, no, this is going to be your show that you're going to be doing every week. And I was like, oh, and then I kind of panicked a little bit, you know. And uh, but, but, but two things uh, went through my brain. Um, one, that my, I knew my son was gonna, about to be moving to Georgia in a few months. And, and I thought this would be a good way to get me out of the house, get me out of my head, have me doing something um, that wouldn't keep me, you know, kind of sad that my son's gone in my house. And also too, knowing that I could spread some mental health, you know, awareness and stuff out to the community. So those were the two reasons I said, okay, let's do it. And, uh, and that's how it started. And, um, when he asked me about a title, um, heavy mental just kept coming to my head and, and I, I can't take credit for it because it's actually an album by an artist named Killer Priest, who's kind of like Wu Tang affiliated, and and he the, the the song that I play for my intro is actually from Killer Priest's Heavy Mental album, and uh, but that was what just kept popping in my head was Heavy Mental, and that's how that's how I came to do the show. Yeah, well, when you, when you see uh, the pictures of you because you are covered in tattoos and you see the title, yeah. it kind of it kind of has this feel like it's a sort of um, it's not your your typical garden variety mental health awareness show. I mean, you you guys yeah. really get into uh, some some specifics and, and and you take people to I don't want to I mean it's almost like uncomfortable places. I mean, they're comfortable sharing it, but but they're yeah. they're deep uh, conversations you have with your guests. Uh, absolutely. And I think that's, I think that's where I, I've always, I've always been the person that, um, well, not always been, but, uh, you know, I've, I have my own, um, stint in mental health and I can get into that in a little bit, but, but, but there's one particular, um, incident that happened that, that made me a little more comfortable with asking people questions. And it was, um, I was a camp counselor for four summers at a camp in Wisconsin. And the last summer, um, there was a counselor who came and her dad had died that year. And about a month in, 
um, I found myself alone with her in, in the, the staff break room. And I kind of came up to her and I said, you know, hey, how, how are you doing? Um, you know, I, I really want to say I'm sorry about your dad and I just want to know how you're doing. And she started crying and I said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean it. And she goes, no, no, no. She said, you're the first person to ask me. Hmm. And it was, you know, we had been, you know, there for a month. And, and, I, and I remember thinking, you know, there's tons of other counselors, female counselors. They didn't come to you and, and ask you? No, no one said anything. And I think it just, it just, it was something that just set in me that just, you know, that we are afraid to ask people because we're afraid that we're going to trigger them or upset them. And the reality is, if all of us thought that, then none of us would go and talk to somebody. And then the real pain is that nobody's talking to somebody and asking them, how are they doing, you know? And uh, that was kind of a significant uh, moment in my life that allowed me to be a little bit more with like, you know, asking people those questions and not being afraid that of upsetting them, you know, um, but clearly there's a way to ask, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've done, I've done the opposite, you know, I've been somewhat insensitive. Like I ask more, like I'm curious than I'm actually c concerned about them. And that, that comes across, you know, wrong as well. Well, I think if you walked up to a stranger and, and, and asked them something that, you know, but if someone is, is volunteered to come on to answer questions, I think that, you know, I think that's just part of part of what we do is ask those questions. And a lot of them, I mean, you know what? The reality is when it comes to mental illness, mental health, um, some of the questions shouldn't be easy questions. Hmm. You know, people need to hear that, that, you know, I mean, there, there's this. There's this thing about, you know, mental health awareness. People want to help, but 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 then they realize that they, you know, it's too too hard for them, or it's too emotional for them, or you know, it's not like taking care of puppies and, and little babies. You know, a lot of this is, is 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 some pretty hardcore things. You know. So what I hear you saying is taking care of babies is not that big of a deal. Is that what? <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're cute. You know, they're not, they're not, they're, they're not going to pose a threat to us. I'm you know teasing I mean? you. I'm teasing you. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, know, I know people ask me this question. I don't want to ask it of you, but I want to ask a similar question. They say, Hey, what's your favorite episode? I'm like, I don't, there's so many good, good episodes out there. I don't have a favorite, but I've got some that stand out. Um, are, are there some in your mind that, that you've had over the last four years that just sort of come to mind as being really powerful or really, uh, maybe went in a direction you weren't expecting? That's a great question. I mean, I've had so many great guests and, and, and the last year or so because of COVID has been just me um, coming up with topics um, just because, you know, the studio didn't want guests coming in and stuff. And mm -hmm. um, as far as having guests on the show, I think um, some of my favorites were actually um, my friend Era and my friend Levi because we because we just kind of had this um natural conversation kind of a thing. But I think the, the one that um, I wouldn't say surprised, but um, I didn't think was going to go was there was one who was, and I won't say her name, but she was, you know, professional in the field. And I think she kind of froze on air. <laughs> you know, I think she, she talked a big game, you know, and, and, and this and that. And she would you know, ask her, are you nervous? No, 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 no. And then once we started, she kind of froze up a little bit. And I, uh, it was like pulling teeth to try to get questions out of her. Yeah, those are those are always tough. And, it, it, you know, you talked about your friends and they got this rapport. Um, yeah. You know, but you also have this microphone sitting right in front of you. And it takes a while. Yeah. It takes a while for that to disappear. But once it does, you really start yeah. to have a, a, an honest conversation. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think that that's probably the best part when it becomes organic, when the microphone, like you say, disappears and, and, the, and the person is just sharing from the heart. You know, I guess the one that stands out the most that is, is my friend Joel, um, Joel Carroll, who came on and he um, worked for me. He was an employee under me. I was his boss. His, well, not his boss, but his manager. I guess your boss uh, for the recovery support specialist team at the Crisis Response Center. And he was always talking about how he was writing his book. And he did. He wrote his book and he, and he got it published. And then I read it and it was it blew my mind. He was so humble with all that he had gone through. And I'm reading this book and I'm like, man, I thought I'd gone through some things. And he went way down um, the rabbit hole more than I did. And, and it was written really well. And it was just one of those like proud papa moments and also kind of like like he did it like th- it was exciting and, and seeing his passion sharing was pretty cool. So I'd say that was probably my favorite episode. Do you happen to remember the name of the book? I, I can look it up. Uh, yeah. The book of the book of Joel um, oh. and it's on Amazon, you know, and his name is Joel, last name, Carol, C-A-R-R-O-L-L. Um, and he, and he shares his story too. And, and, you know, and he, and he, you know, he's, he's great. He's a great, uh, uh, present presenter when he comes, he came to and spoke to my students that I'm teaching right now. Um, and, and, and they loved him and we ordered more books and the kids are reading his book and they love his book. So it was, that, that's pretty cool for me to see that, that growth. What, what are you, what are you teaching? I miss that. What are you, what are you teaching these days? Yeah. So I work for, uh, intermountain centers. Um, I'm a old teacher for teenagers that are struggling with substance abuse. And so they, they, they join what's called the summit group, which is a program through intermountain centers and it's a 60-day kind of rehab program, but it's IOP, which is inpatient, inpatient outpatient um, recovery and uh, and therapy. And then I'm their school teacher that's keeping them kind of like so they don't get too far behind in their schoolwork um, during those 60 days. And and with my behavioral health experience, I've you know, 20 years in behavioral health. Um, it's it's like the dream job I've always wanted. I've always wanted to be a teacher, but then I just you know I you know I think I got the tattoos and you know fell into my own substance abuse on my own and just didn't think that, you know, I'd be accepted. And now, now the uh, stigma of tattoos is so way down, you know, and, and my behavioral health experience is just like this perfect, perfect blend for these kids. We'll be back to uh, this interview with Ty Logan here in just a moment and talk about uh, uh, the impact of his show here, Heavy Mental in our community. But I want to remind you that you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number one eight. 2420 Nova NMLS number 3087 VK number 0902429 Equal Housing Opportunity All right, we are back and we're going to finish up the interview here with Ty Logan of Heavy Mental. We have uh, a first part. This week is the first part of a two-part series. Uh, next week, we go much more deeply into his history and what led him on this path of recovery and how he's learned to help others. Uh, today, we're going to finish up with a little bit of that story and also talking about his role as a teacher here in Tucson with students 
um, at, uh, re- with, at recovery with stage. COVID, with COVID and the, and, the disconnect, uh-huh. and the disconnect that happened with, you know, our, a lot of our younger, with all of us, but really it seems like affected our younger generation in a completely different way. Is that, are you seeing that come through with, with your, uh, with the students that you have? Well, I'm blessed that, um, I mean, the, the total amount of kids that we'd have in a class is eight. So it's not like I have 30 kids. Um, and so in the classroom, we don't have to wear a mask. But, you know, when we go other places and, you know, we got to wear the mask. So I'm grateful I don't have to wear the mask in there. And, you know, we're I'm vaccinated and most of most of everyone else is vaccinated. As far as the disconnect, that was my fear once COVID hit, because, well, you know, when I lost the job at the crisis response center, I was saying, OK, I'm going to be a teacher now, which is what I'd always planned on being. And literally COVID hit. And it was like, I don't want to be a teacher online. I don't want to be my first experience into the teacher world being over a computer. I, I'm hands on. I'm I'm talking to people all the time. And 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 so this was a perfect, in a sense, discovery um, that I didn't even know existed. You know, and I had gone through uh, I needed shoulder surgery, you know, and so I had gone through that you know, the last two years between COVID and shoulder surgery. I mean, unemployment, it was it was a crazy 2020. I mean, I know it was for a lot of people, but um, it took a while to get back to where I'm at now. And I'm, I'm very grateful to be where I'm at now. Yeah. And, and, and you talked a little bit about this and I don't again, this yep. is your comfort level. But have, but what what, anything, Tom, what what led you into this field? I mean, what, what was your history that said this is this is who I want to be when I when I grow up? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that. Unfortunately, for most people that work in behavioral health, it's not necessarily a positive thing that got them into saying, hey, I want to help other people. It's usually either a, a firsthand personal experience or it's it's secondhand, like their family or their direct parents that are struggling with either addiction or mental illness. And for me, I actually had a, a pretty great childhood for the most part. Um, you know, divorce was the biggest issue. And I think that's probably, you know, I'm Generation X. I don't know if that's where you fall in. Um and, uh, you know, that's, I'm, I'm generation old. I don't know where, I don't know what, yeah, well, we're not, <laughs> yeah, we're not okay boomers and we're not the millennials. So I think at least I am, I'm, I'm generation X. Uh, literally that's where I fall in. We, we were around before internet and cell phones and, and we played cassettes and record oh, players. Heck yeah. I'm a cassette owner. I'm a, I'm generation cassette. Yeah. Generation cassette, man. Uh, the rewind and fast forwards for us. So, you know, yeah. we, uh, so if you put a, if you put a, if you put a pencil in a cassette uh, case to rewind the tape, then uh, your generation yeah, that's, X. that's the generation I'm from. So I think that for us, you know, there's a lot of divorce in that generation. I think, and uh, you know, I think that was hard. My dad went went to the East Coast, so I would go a long time without seeing him, and that was probably my hardest part. I developed a little depression from East Coast seasonal changes, seeing you know green trees and ocean, and back to a desert. I was early that depression for me, but I never thought of it as like a clinic kind of chemical imbalance or whatever, um, was introduced to weed at, as a teenager, um, by my dad actually. And, and, uh, but he, he wanted to be in a safe environment and, uh, never thought I'd do harder drugs than that. But at, after graduating high school, I'd say the, the incident that probably triggered it all was, uh, a friend that was shot and killed in front of me and I was high on weed. And so it, it increased it increased the uh, experience, and then getting high after that uh, caused PTSD. Where most people take smoke weed that calms their PTSD, it did the opposite for me. So I think from that, yeah, uh, still wanting to alter the mind like a teenager does, uh, I found harder drugs. 
but I did escape it and went to Flagstaff and actually got a degree, a college degree. Um, and to, to fast forward to where I started in behavioral health was after I graduated college in 99, I worked uh, retail for two years, assistant manager at, at Warehouse Music. There's these things called music stores that we <laughs> sold music, physical music, you know, and I love music. I love movies, huge horror movie fan, huge Star Wars fan. I grew up loving these, you know, and I'm working with music and, and movies and I'm still miserable because the retail experience and, and you're dealing with the double, you're dealing with kind of a-hole customers, but also company policies that are kind of crappy. You know, you don't like the movie, you don't like the, just the, the album that you paid 20 bucks for, too bad, you're stuck with it, you know? Um, and uh, when that ran its course uh, in 2001, uh, 9-11 happened. And I remember feeling so kind of pathetic after after 9-11 happened. I'm seeing all these first responders and, and uh, you know, real heroes doing things for people. And I wanted a career change. And I just said, you know, what what can I do? And I was looking in the paper and I saw help others help themselves. And I was kind of like, well, what's this? And it was my first foray into, into mental health. I started working in the group homes with adults with developmental disabilities. And I never even knew at the time what bipolar was. I really didn't know what schizophrenia was because I think there's the uh, there's the the myth or the the misinformation that schizophrenia is split personality, and that's not what that is. It's auditory and visual hallucinations. Um, and and so I, I worked in a group home with an individual who had schizophrenia, an individual who had bipolar, and then individuals with other similarities. And uh, it was rough, you know, making seven fifty an hour, getting assaulted a lot and cussed at, and not understanding, and then. Um, but sticking out, sticking it out. Um, yeah, that was my foray into it. And, and I did that for two years and uh, moved up quickly. So I, you know, I got on, I finally got a medication the first time for my, for my depression, my antidepressant medication. And when my mom finally told me that she was on and, uh, I, I was always reluctant and I don't know why I think there's a stigma to medication, you know, and anyways, I, it, it worked for me and it, and it felt like, I was, I guess, normalized for the first time. I didn't feel these extreme lows of depression and I thrived in my job. Um, but the, but the negative aspect of that was then I, a little voice in my head said, Hey, you know, uh, now that you're not depressed anymore, you can drink alcohol and not be depressed the next day when you're hungover. Cause I had a huge depression when I was hungover from alcohol and lo and behold, it was true. I, I wasn't depressed the next day. And so my, my drinking increased and, uh, eventually led to a, a DUI, um, ironically celebrating a promotion of the job. Um, and then at the time in 2003, you couldn't have a, a fingerprint clearance card with a DUI. And so I found myself unemployed again and couldn't find anything similar in Flagstaff. Um, so my mom convinced me to move back to Tucson and be a teacher. This was 2003. I moved back to Tucson. A lot of fears and anxiety because I had kind of escaped Tucson, you know, where a friend had been murdered, um, drug abuse, kind of hanging out with gangsters and that that kind of sort of mentality that goes with that. And with all the fears and anxiety of that, I fell right back into it. You know, I, I you know, I, I was enrolled in at Pima to be a teacher, get my teacher certification. I got a job at uh, Whole Foods, which was Wild Oats at the time. And I got an apartment, you know, in the same apartment as my best friend from fifth grade. 
right before I moved into my apartment complex, my uh, storage locker that I'd put everything in was was robbed and taken for everything I owned. Um, all the CDs and DVDs that I'd accumulated working at the music store, you know, my, my love. And But the worst part was my uh, computer, which had all my writings. I was an English major, so all my writings was like my soul was taken. It was like a part of my soul was taken when your actual writings are stolen. That is Ty Logan. He's the host of Heavy Metal here on Downtown Radio, uh, starting to tell us the story of his journey uh, through uh, addiction and recovery, leading to helping others and now being a teacher and a show host here on Downtown Radio. We're going to have the second part of that interview next week, and Ty is extremely honest and open about his path and his journey. I really hope you have a chance to listen to both today and next Sunday. It's a very powerful story, uh, one that I was uh, uh, just just compelled to continue to listen to. I just uh, was very impressed with Ty and his uh, willingness to share. We'll have that second half next Sunday uh, on our show here at 11 o'clock, Life Along the Streetcar. And this is a good time to remind you that my name is Tom Heath, and you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio. 99.1 FM and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. BK number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity. Hey, why are you getting swag on over there on Downtown Radio? I want you to check out our lineup, which includes today's guest. Ty Logan with his show Heavy Mental come on in just uh, about a half hour from now at noon between uh, Ty and us at the moment is a show with uh, Ted Brzezelski called Words and Work. Ted interviews writers and others from the labor movement. Uh, Another uh, guest we've had on the show and just a fascinating background and uh, really has taken his passion and turned it into a very good uh, show here on, on our station. If you ever have a topic you want us to cover, our email address is contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org. You can always tag us on Facebook. You can hit us up on Instagram. Uh, really anything that uh, you think is interesting, that it doesn't get enough uh, publicity here in the, the urban core, a hidden gem, if you will. Those are the things we'd love to talk about. I think Ty's show is a maybe not a hidden gem because he has quite a following, uh, but it's certainly a show more people should know about. Uh, We'll have the second half of that interview next Sunday. And as a reminder, Ty does talk very deeply about his uh, challenges and his journey through addiction and recovery, which has led him to his current place as a teacher and a show host. Uh, It is a pretty um, honest and moving story, uh, but there are some uh, pieces of that that are uh, emotional. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of a a heads up on that, if if that is going to affect you, maybe not the the best show for you here um, next Sunday. We will uh, wrap up today with a little music from uh, Killer Priest, the uh, the gentleman that uh, that started the heavy mental theme uh, with Ty Logan. That was his inspiration for the name of the show, Heavy Mental. 
and uh, we're going to roll out of there with a little music from from uh, 1998 album and title of the song is Heavy Mental. My name is Tom Heath. You're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. I hope uh, you've enjoyed today's show, and I hope you decide to tune in next Sunday for another fascinating episode. In the meantime, enjoy a little bit of music, and then uh, Ted Prozelski will be up at the bottom of the hour, Ty Logan, at noon. Have a great week, everyone. Heavy mental, heavy mental, heavy mental. Never done heavy mental, heavy mental, heavy mental.